0: Are back. You're listening to, you would think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host Kyle Collington, and joining me again, Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. This is a little unusual, but Def-
0: definitely a you little know un- unusual. It's if you're fun. if you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh Kevin is not in the usual studio. He is live from the uh, the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center, as it were, or at least the press box
1: area. I'd say the upstairs, <laughs> n- not the bowels of the center. Fair. The ups, the upstairs. But
0: nonetheless, but uh, yeah, so uh, we got a lot to talk about here tonight. We got a five game winning streak. We got a team that as it sits at the current moment is uh, second in the division. We'll talk about that a little bit Um, as we get into it here. Check us out on the social media at YWT podcast. Kevin is at Kevin underscore Durso. Make sure to check out Kevin's Instagram page for those post game reactions and kind of all the stuff he's doing over there. Um, Okay, so getting into it. Uh, Like I said here. Mm hmm. Flyers have won five games in a row, Kevin.
1: Yeah. Five in a row. I mean... Ke- Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It go might ahead. be it might be a little bit early in the
0: show to just kind of come out with something like this, but... Go ahead. I already know where you want to go, so just go for it's, it. it. It's November 19th. Yep. We'll talk a little bit about American Thanksgiving later in the show and what that means to standings and stuff, but... Right.
1: Ke- Kevin... Yes. Kevin, are the Flyers good? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in this moment, sure. I mean, you win five <laughs> games in a row, then yeah, you're on a good run. And 10-7-1 is not a bad record by any stretch. But, you know, there's a lot of runway left in front of, he- in front of this here, for one. And two, you don't have, you know, let's be real about something. You have a head coach who has every reason because he pays attention to everything that gets yeah. written, said, you name it, who has every reason to kind of gloat about this and is not doing it. Instead is telling you when struggles happen, when the losing streaks happen, because he's bracing himself for it, I guess. So, yeah, of course. But, but on the other hand, you do have a team right now, because there's been a word that's been thrown around a lot in the last handful of days. You have a team that's kind of got a belief about themselves mm-hmm. in terms of that they feel like they can win a lot of games and that they feel like they can win any against any team. And they've kind of shown it like take to take the, the Sunday night game out of play for a minute because okay. you're playing Columbus and Columbus is at the bottom of the stand. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and this was rough. I mean, like there was, there was reason this could have been worse the 5-2 than the five, two final that it was. Okay. But how about the first half of that back to back? Well, exactly. The other teams you're playing and every team, the, the common thread of the four games before this was you played a team that beat you earlier in the year. And then you won against them. And certainly the last two of this, I think, the wins this week. Because we profiled last week's show the wins in California, the Anaheim win, the L.A. win. And we knew there was one more kind of one more test to go on the road trip first. And that was the Carolina game. Well, they passed that one. And then they come home. And when you realize that you're locked into a game with the defending Stanley Cup champions like that, when you're locked into a game like that, you want to win it. Because you want to prove oh, yeah. to yourself that you can handle that and that you can come out on that side. Like it was setting up to go one of two ways. You were either going to find a way to win it or you were going to lose it the same way you lost in Vegas. And yep. they pulled it out. Entertaining game. I mean, we've said that a lot oh, this year. These games are entertaining. Good.
0: Honestly, that Flyers Vegas game is one of the more entertaining games that we've seen. Uh huh. Yeah. Several years. Honestly. The guy upstairs might have been on the ice for the last regular season game that exciting. It's just <laughs> it's been that yeah. long. it 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 was a really fun hockey game and the fact that that was your Saturday afternoon game. Oh, I know. yeah, fantastic. The building was nice and full, nice and loud. Yeah. We love that. it was it was amazing. I know for sure., uh, but yeah, as we kind of look back a little bit, um, the the week. Started here in terms of the games with a win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. In, in Carolina, nice rowdy environment. They That Carolina team, you know that they always get a, get up with a little bit more juice for the Flyers, right? You got the Rodman-Nomore sure. connection. This year, you got the TDA connection. <laughs> These teams, whether you like it or not, are linked. And the game For between, sure. and their division, their division teams, right? Division exactly. rivals, And they haven't really met in the playoffs. They don't really have that entrenched division rivalry at this point, but they are still a divisional foe. And you do still face them several times a season. Exactly. And in connection with the Rod Brindamore stuff and some of the roster stuff, like I said, uh, they do always bring passionate games. We saw it right away. Um, but what a game. Out of Carter. well, I mean, well, well, yes, you you hit the nail on the head. put a game with, out of Carter Hart, man. He always he, shows up for the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Well, well, not to mention it was his first game back because right. we still hadn't cut. Kind of, we thought we were going to see him Friday, then Saturday of the previous week didn't happen. So now you get finally, you know, handful of days off. Actually. That's really an extended period of time. You don't typically get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off and then play a game on Wednesday, but Uh, they did.
0: Coming back from the West Coast road trip, they tend to give you a couple of days. Maybe
1: a couple, but like Tuesday is usually the max there. That's that's fair. Getting the third day is pretty extreme, and they do get it. And, you know, the the big thing was is like outside of, yeah, they scored the first goal and they scored early in the game. That was Owen Owen Tippett, by the way, who I'm sure we're going to get into a couple more times this week because he had a week um, for sure. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get through, you get through that part of it. And the first period was, you know, you're trying, you, there were moments in the first period where you're trying to find your, your footing against Carolina, obviously the way the third period was going to go because you knew they were going to come with pressure again. Like when you're playing from ahead, especially where you were, you know, it's not too often you get games like that too, where, you know, like with the scoring touched and potential that Carolina has, you go scoreless in the third period. Doesn't oh, yeah. happen a lot. And, they did the job, you know, especially and and really that game, you know, there were there were examples of it throughout. But that game was another example of, you know, in the second period, they got scored on and they took a penalty right away. Mm-hmm. and And you have a chance to let this game unravel, go the other way. They're not breaking in these situations. They're not finding, you know, they're not. Remember how last year there was so many, even earlier this year, for that matter, there was a lot of finding the way to lose. Yes. You're yep. you're seeing that so much less right now. Yeah. And like now that now they're finding ways to win and, and and finding ways to win is almost kind of unfair to say because they're really just earning this things. These are lunch pail wins. Oh, yeah. And these
0: these are these are wins that a Sean Couturier team finds. Yeah, that's part of it. It's you talk about a lunch pail player. Come on. Sure, and whether whether he ends up with the C or not, you know, there's kind of some speculate. Whatever, I'm not even going to call it speculation, but there's obviously there's going to be talk, especially once now that you're winning games and it feel it's starting to feel good in the room. Um, I don't know if he ends up with the C, but it, we all know that Sean Couturier has been a leader on this team for several years, right? Exactly. Warren, A, right? It was kind of been the de facto guy for a very <laughs> long time.
1: It's actually, you know, considering the fact that he's finally playing under John Tortorella because he didn't get to last year, it's unusual to see him without an A on the sweater a little yes. bit because cause that was implemented bef- you know without him playing a game, so it's definitely a little unusual.
0: It's strange, man. It's super weird to see Coots without the A. Uh, yeah. I assume he'll get it back at some point, uh, whether it's this season or, you know, going into next or whatever the case is. But.
1: Sure. Potentially. I mean, I'm not going to try to... Look, I'm not going to try to figure out John Tortorella in the letter game here, but... Fair enough.
0: Uh, And another part of a Sean Couturier game style is the penalty kill. Oh, for sure, yeah. Can we talk about how good this team's penalty kill has been? They scored again uh, on Sunday evening, their fifth of the season to lead the league, by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's a 2-on-0 rush from Hathaway and Paling. Mm -hmm. And... They find a way to get it in. There's some review, there's some you know controversy. I thought we were gonna have a situation like in oh, it happened just the other night, um, Anaheim. Yeah, where they just I thought it was Anaheim, where they the puck went in.
1: I, clearly I, went yeah, in. Oh, I know, and I, th- I thought that as I was watching this because I'm like, you know, I, I oh, think man. again, you I'm like, there's about maybe this much space. And, you know, it was close the, enough the, that I was looking for, for it. You know, for the YouTube audience, here's my visual for you. Look at you know, look at yep. my finger, fingers telling you how much space I think was there. There wasn't a lot, but it was close. But it was one of those situations. I, I actually didn't even because the crowd was going like was was making so much noise over the fact that they thought it was in because the player yeah. so adamantly thought it was in that I didn't even hear the official come over and like come over the, the microphone and say yeah. the call on the ice is goal because there wasn't a signal. So he didn't signal goal and then say let's go check it they, they didn't make a signal and he just announced right. it. Cool. we have a goal on the ice we're gonna go review okay so i didn't know that they were even going off of that i thought they were just checking and then they came back with yeah we saw it it's in so what they were trying to do I, as far as i can tell them what they were trying to do was determine if there was any evidence that said it wasn't correct yeah so, that's that's kind of the implications that we got out of the broadcast Still said confirmed, though, which is good to know. They didn't say the call stands. They said it was confirmed. So they got a a look that was worth it. I thought the in-net camera really had it there.
0: Um, Uh, Also, if you've been listening to 32 Thoughts recently, Jeff Merrick (laughs) has has been discussing his use of verbiage. Uh, Jeff doesn't like the phrase, it's a good goal, because what is a bad goal? So I think Jeff Merrick would be pleased to note that the referee did just announce, we have a goal. So I think he's been listening to 32 Thoughts at the very least. Maybe. Um, Maybe. But either way, that comes from a penalty kill chance. And this team has done a really good job of being aggressive on the penalty kill and doing an excellent job of shutting down other teams and creating offense. How how many penalty kills are capable of creating offense like this?
1: I mean, well, sure. And look, there's there's elements of it where this is also not sustainable because you can't – Of course. Wait if you're going to be aggressive on the penalty kill and try to get those opportunities because of the fact that you're creating potential turnovers, I mean, I'm going to bring another player into this. Cause yes, you're talking about the Sean Couturier angle of a lot of this, Yeah. but I'm bringing another player into the mix. Cause that shorthanded goal on Sunday night does not happen without Sean Walker.
0: That is correct. Sean Walker
1: yep. makes the play to get possession. He makes the lead pass. Now, all of a sudden you got two guys behind the defense and, to be honest, I can't, you know, I thought it was possibly in those situations. You want to think slam dunk because you want to think that there's no way that, you know, you make, you do the quick give and go. And then the last guy finishes it off, goes upstairs, end of story. And he didn't go upstairs. You know, he, he kept it on the ice. So we had to kind of have a little ounce of drama there, but, but Sean Walker has been all over different, you know, a bunch of different scoring situations. He's, 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 you know, Let's just say he had an assist on a Ryan Palin goal in Carolina, mm-hmm. scored another goal against Vegas, had another pair of assists in this game. He, I mean, you know, against Columbus, I'm talking about now. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah, that, we're talking about the goal he set up in the short-handed goal he set helped set up. Right. It's like, you know, this is this is one part of the equation when we're talking about because when you bring into the into play, the question. So are they actually good? It's like, well, you know what part of the equation is? is part of the equation is guys that you didn't think were going to play to a certain level, playing to a certain level. Depth, I, I depth talked depth about this, I talked about this team at the beginning of the season like they were going to be bottom five potentially because that's what we I genuinely did. well, sure. And that's because I genuinely looked at the looked at the defensive core on paper and looked at everything. The guys that were coming back from year-long injuries, things like that, and, and went. It's not going to be that, like, it, it shouldn't be that good of a team because I don't like, they have nobody who stands out as a clear number one defensively. We and certainly. they don't, and they don't have, you know, and they've got forward, forwards with question marks. you technically your goalie's got question marks in terms of health, you know, that, that plays into it too. So you're trying to figure out all of these different factors. And then it comes down to it. And I go, and I keep pulling the two biggest reasons, at least from the defensive side of it, the two biggest reasons that they even are where they are is Travis Sandheim has been outstanding for most yep. of the year. I yes, mean, he hand, has. a handful of bad games in there, but not many. And he's been great pretty much every other game he's played. Yep. And then totally unexpected what you're seeing from Sean Walker. Didn't know what to, not to say that you had expectations come in, didn't know what to expect. Sure. But certainly didn't think you were getting a player that was this no. used. I, I like I thought like everybody else probably did. You were getting a player who was interchangeable in the lineup. I thought he was not, a guy. Well, exactly. But you also, you had, you were factoring in that they had got guy, young guys they wanted to play that they were going to want to look at. Igor Zamul is part of this picture. They've also got Mark Stahl. They've also got, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out who the other one was that was in there. They got Nick Se- Nick Sealer. I thought he was Michael Delzato. It's not a bad way to look at it,
0: but. Right. And instead, right. he's like good. Remember when Michael Delzato was good?
1: He's that. <laughs> well, right. And he's, and he stepped up in a lot of situations and, you know, it, like you're seeing that come that cohesiveness from the defensive unit that's really kind of become a game changer right now for them.
0: It you can tell. Okay, so in a, in a grander scheme, on a bigger picture, right? You, you can tell that John Tortorella was involved in roster conversations this offseason. Oh, for sure. You can. This is a John Tortorella team, and they are starting to implement John Tortorella systems. Right, And Travis Sandheim is starting to look a lot like Zach Wierenski looked in Columbus.
1: A, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and uh, we already had, we, we kind of have already had the Sandheim conversation because right. I think, I think it was even last week. We, we talked about it where I said that the whole idea where they tried, they thought they had a trade lined up for him. They tried to move him. He was available. Yeah. And when, it, when it doesn't happen, you got to go to the coach who may have had question marks about this guy who now has, you know the long-term contract that is, you know is yeah with with no movement and and you and you sit there and you go well now you've got to make it work figure well, it out make it work between the two of you and both is, sides have uh, done
0: is is leading the team in scoring considered making it work well, yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: How about as a defenseman? 16, well, right. 16 points? As, as for, I Forget that part of it. You know what's making it work? It's not even the points. It's not the number of assists. It's none of that. Go look at his ice time night after night. Stupid. That's making it work. He's playing 25, 27 minutes a night sometimes. Top five, top five in the league. Yeah.
0: Uh, as of right now, and I do not know if this has been updated for the game that they just played, will look. I will, Han- look, I will Han- look
1: up his ice time for you from Sunday.
0: Okay. Travis Hanheim is third in the league in ice in ice time and he's tied with Drew Doughty for second. They <laughs> they both averaged
1: 25-57 a game behind only John Carlson. Came close okay, so came close enough, and I'm gonna assume the fact that they scored an empty netter in Sunday's game with two and a half minutes left oh, meant no. that by that they, point yeah. you could put him on the bench for the rest of the game. He right. still played 24-28. Pretty good. Yep. By the and, by the way, I, because I'm looking at all of these ice time numbers in front of me, just from Sunday alone. By the way, props to Cam York for 2034 in that game and playing pretty like played pretty well in his own right. That yeah, and Cam
0: this. Cam York looked really
1: solid against Columbus. He looked really really solid. Yeah, and, uh, definitely one of his better ones this year. Yes, he's he still got consistency issues. He's not like certainly not near the level of um, of Sanheim and Travis, even even. Even Walker at this point, you know who, who Sean Walker is coming across as a little bit? And I'm not trying to compare ability, okay. but just in terms of stylistically, the way you feel about him after watching now, what is this, 18 games of the season we're talking now? Yeah, we're starting you know to who, get to the, the significant stats. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Okay. Matt Niskanen. Yeah. Okay. Because his play, is, it's steady. It's consistently steady right now. Yeah. And... That is the kind
0: of thing that is invaluable. And the Flyers looked to replicate that for two and a half years after Matt Niskanen retired before they finally gave up. Exactly. It Like, that is the sort of thing. You need a guy who can lock it down, clear it out, get the thing you need, kill the penalty, get it off the glass. What, whatever you need in the moment, get the outlet pass whatever you need in the moment Sean Walker is for this team is that guy
1: right now this is this is gonna be one interesting conversation as the year goes on because he still has the one you know the one remaining year on his contract he the way he's playing currently makes it very movable so so we're gonna get into the playoff conversation then huh well well no what I'm getting because we have to Right, I mean, because you're going to you're gonna talk about trading him, and the only logical response is, well, where are they in the playoff race? Well, no, uh, see, and I wasn't going to do that because that's the conversation I'm saying that's going to happen is the conversation. Forget playoff structure for a second. Forget standings, all of it for a minute. You still have to have – you're going to end up having that interesting conversation about do you – with one year remaining on the contract, do you move him because he's playing that well? Or and- do you sit there and say maybe he's a piece of this puzzle? And I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that is that's entirely I, that's fair. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about you keep him and then wait and see what happens. I'm saying, but if he's playing, be, but if
0: he's playing this well, does he want to sign with you or does he walk to free agency? Right. And that comes down to the player.
1: That, de- that depends. I yeah, mean, I, I on, and that, de- that depends on, that depends on Danny Briere being part of this because then, you know, let's, let's face it. He's on your team. You can have a yeah. conversation anytime you want about this. And at least bring something to the forefront here—not to the forefront, but start bring something to the surface a little bit. and Start, you can start having conversations. Start Absolutely. scratching the surface on potential of whether or not you want to keep this guy or not. I mean, right? Like right now, the the, the six that they seem to consistently play—you know—at least for right now. And I thought, look, Mark Stahl has been cleared. He's you know he could play at any point, really. Um, how, do, but, how do you
0: put him in the lineup when the team can't can't lose?
1: Well. Uh, I'm not saying I understand that, and that's one of the reasons why you kind of usually keep it similar. Yeah. I've I've wondered if at any point during the course of this weekend, I thought it for Saturday, I thought it for Sunday potentially, and I'll think it for Wednesday going forward. That if Stahl's gonna come back into the lineup, it's probably gonna be for Zamula.
0: Okay.
1: That's that the, makes sense. That seems to be the get like that seems to be the logistical answer here because it just feels like that's the guy he's willing to scratch. Because he, because we, and because we had a long conversation last weekend about Louis Belpedio too, and yep. he's giving you some form of consistency right now that makes it tough to make a decision on him right now. It's really tough now, to take him out of the lineup. Now I think that answer that question answers itself a lot easier if you sit there and you go, Mark Stahl's healthy, and so is Rasmus Ristelainen. because they both seem to be getting closer. Now if you got both of them, like you can't deny the fact that. Look, Ristolainen's the better defenseman than Louis sure. Belpedio, the you know, the guy who has all 14, fourteen, fifteen NHL games, definitely. But
0: the, the good news is Louis Belpedio is playing well enough that you have the luxury of waiting until Rasmus Ristolainen is one hundred percent. Correct. And like at this point in time, it's working, right? Whether sure. whether it's optimal or not is fine. Again, you 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 said it. We're at game eighteen, right? If this team is going to be a productive team, which through almost 20 games, it certainly is starting to look like they might be. Right. Then you have to start again as the players. And this is obviously something we've talked about a lot. The fact that everybody from John Tortorella down is playing to win. Um, sure. That structure has to be thinking about the playoffs. Has to be.
1: Well, sure. Well, And, and I, I told you this last week, because what did I even tell you like pretty early on in the show last week when we did it too? I, I, I said, you know, this team has the ability, potentially, the way that they've played some of these games and the way that they're always competitive and the way they're trying to win. They could screw around and win 35 games. That doesn't make them a playoff team, per se, no, because you're going to face tough competition throughout the year. I mean, like, you're still going to, like, first of all, they're not going to win every single game that's against teams like, Colum- I mean, they already proved it with the San Jose game. They're not going to win <laughs> every game against Columbus, San Jose. Um, the, you know, take to Chicago, well, Anaheim, they're done uh, with already. And they, and, well, Anaheim. They're done with, and they, and they split. So right. fair, fair enough. But I'm talking about even like, I'm talking about teams that are down there cause they're going right, to play right, eventually right. they're going to play Chicago. They're going to play, you know, they beat Edmonton, but will Edmonton, Edmonton be the same team? I don't know. Next, Oof. next time they, next time they face them. I mean, cause they, they obviously they made, we talked about that. They made the coaching change, all that. Right.
0: Nashville, you know, well, Nashville like that,
1: Cal- yeah. Calgary, you know, what happens when you face – and you're not – like, that's what I'm saying. You're not going to win every single game against those teams either. You're going to have a night where everybody thinks you – like, we were questioning that even just kind of sitting here watching it tonight a little bit because, like, as you're watching that Sunday night game, you're like, what happens if this is the one that they lose at? Like, they won four straight against Anaheim, L.A., Carolina, Vegas – all teams that, realistically speaking, I, I, I can safely say three out of the four are making the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Anaheim is a kind of on the bubble right now. They could put it together, they might, you know, they might fizzle down down the well, stretch. But we've talked about Carolina
0: struggles and they have turned it around pretty pretty much. Like other than the game against the Flyers, they have looked very good
1: that's what was so impressive about that game. Yes. That that was that was one where you're like, well this they, look they beat you the first time around and they weren't in a great place the first time around. They're in a much better place now. And, and you, if you went can into hand, Raleigh that, and took care and of it. You those. can handle it then you've got some mental toughness on your at, your side too. Well, and that was like, also
0: Carter Hart looking like a top ten goalie in the world.
1: Sure, and well, so. and, and 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 like there's there's an element of truth to the fact that you know when they played when they played Vegas, they caught Vegas kind of at a good time because Vegas has been on an extended road trip. They had lost three of five coming in. It's like you're catching them at the right time for the hot start they were on when you played them in you know late October and they were undefeated when you played them. Right. You know, now you're getting them where they've taken some lumps the last couple of weeks. Right. It's not a bad time to play them. Obviously, look at the way that, look at the, the way Columbus has played lately. I mean, Columbus, that's why Columbus was such a kind of questionable game coming in, like in terms of what could happen. Because, first of all, Columbus does get, is in like every game they play. Like these yeah. aren't blowout losses. They've been like competitive in all these games. But you had a team, you started this whole runoff, you know, you lose the game to San Jose and, the crazy part is and didn't, we didn't get a chance to do a show like immediately after the San Jose game we had two more games to to go off of that right so because of the way the rest of california went it kind of changed my tune a little bit on it but but, but 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 when that san jose game's over and they lose i'm looking ahead and i went anaheim la carolina vegas then into columbus You could have lost like you could be on. a lot of losses. Well, you had already lost to, to L.A. the first time around. So that was two straight losses when you lost to San Jose. And I'm sitting there looking ahead going the next four are all like right up against this gauntlet of teams. That could turn into six before you know it. And Columbus could be number seven if you're like really reeling from it. Like think about like it's exactly the same thing Columbus is going through right now. They came into this game off of a back to back. And it's it's hard when you've lost eight straight that you go, oh, this could be the one. You know, right. it's it's much harder. The Flyers weren't thinking that coming in because the Flyers came out and had a good had good jump. They had energy pretty much from the drop of the puck. Why? Because well, you won four in a row. You feel like you can win. Yep. Columbus it, is coming in going. I don't know. Well, Columbus is coming in with a whole boatload of problems to begin with because Patrick Laine sitting out games as a healthy scratch. You've got you know, yeah, all sorts of other things. Johnny you know, Gaudreau getting benched. It's yeah, it's I mean, it, it, things like, are weird. It's It's been rough. I mean, that's that's a team in a bad situation right now, kind I of. And f- I
0: feel so bad for Pascal Vincent. Like he got thrown into a situation that was entirely well, I, not I think his fault.
1: I, I think the and, whole thing is indicative of that, because, you know, of like of course,
0: whenever you fire your coach three days before the season starts. Oh, man, that is never, ever, ever a good thing. And like, yeah, Pascal Vincent was the guy and he's kind of been the guy for a long time. You know, he's been a name that's been out there but they were probably expecting to get a year or
1: two out of Babcock. <laughs> like, well, I hear you, but like, you know what I mean though? Like it's, no, not I don't, I don't, I don't need absolute chaos. I don't sure. need to, and I don't need to spend too much time on Columbus here. Cause like, of course, that's not, right. that's not our show, obviously. Right. But, but that like, it's a game with where both sides are logical. It's ripe for the taking because of how like they've played, obviously. Like it's one that you're actually expected to win. But it's also one that's kind of like the trap is present, you know, because you just came off of the emotional highs of the two wins in California, had a bit of a break, managed to pull it off against Carolina, had another two-day break, played not only an entertaining game as we said, but the Vegas game had there's that was a that's but that's there's emotional investment from the players. You're trying to win this game, and there's like you know you find a way to pull it out because let's, let's let's also face the facts about another day of a
0: back-to-back and you're churning in the third period.
1: Let me, let me ask you a question about something with the back backs, by the way, because I want to see if you know, not know the answer, but you probably do. How many back-to-backs do you think the flyers swept last season?
0: Oh, I bet the answer is less than. Okay. So I think it's, it's less than three.
1: I'm going to say one. It would be less than that. It was none. It was none. Well, swept. Like they split. No, 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 right. Of course, they right. split a good amount. It was not like they conti- like constantly play bad, but they would either lose the first one and find a way to win the second one, or they there would were... win the first one and they would, you know, that the closest that they came, and maybe this is what you're thinking of, is they had one. I don't remember where they. Maybe it was Buffalo. I think they had played Buffalo and won a game in Buffalo on a Friday night. There was like a home and home, they, and home su- on Sunday, right? No, well, because that's not a back to back. So it was a Friday. No, night. I know, they played, right? They played on a Saturday against Carolina. They were leading. It was an, it was the day Tyson Forrester scored oh his first God. goal, and they yep. had a four three lead with basically a second left, and they a the game was tied. Thirty seconds later, it was over, and that was the closest they came to two straight wins in a back to back.
0: Yep. Okay. Wow. That is that crazy. Was, I didn't realize it was zero times but, but, last year. But oh. but my
1: point. But you now you know where I'm going with my point. They won none last year.
0: They've
1: already now won they've it. they've got two in two weekends.
0: It's a different team. Like, I here's the thing. Like,
1: it is a big thing.
0: Yeah, essentially. And I know I'm far broadening things here. So, you know, sure. you traded Kevin Hayes for Sean Couturier,
1: kind of, and you yeah, trade kind of. <laughs> right,
0: and you traded TDA for good Travis Sandheim.
1: Um, I can't hold on. No, I'm going to disagree. No, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to no, because I'm going to, I'm going to you traded Ivan Provorov for Travis Sanheim and you traded TDA for Sean Walker. on Walker. You're right. That's fair. Even, even though le- like legitimately speaking, you traded well, Ivan Provorov for, for, Sean for Sean Walker.
0: I know. Um, I did also, we also haven't really mentioned it. We talked briefly about Carter Hart against Carolina, but the goaltending has also been solid. You know, we've had some goalies coming in on pretty well, short notice. We've had some funky situations, um, there's something but,
1: to be there's well there's something to be said for the fact that, that it was you know Sam Harrison won in Anaheim, Cal Peterson won in L.A. Yeah. Carter Hart comes back, wins in Carolina. Carter and Hart again, straight. Carter Hart again against Vegas, and now Sam Harrison against Columbus. Yeah, you're mixing it like you've, you and look, I don't think Peterson was all that impressive. Like like he had a, he had a really good game the second time around against L.A. His first game was not good. the The home game against L.A. was not good. For Cal Peterson, not even close. No, but you've gotten the two games that Harrison's won on this stretch of five have been solid. I mean, he's not stealing them by any stretch. I mean, he's facing something like I think in the two games, he's facing something like 20 to 25 shots in both. In Sundays, it was 22. So he's not he's not getting peppered here. He actually it, it, he he I think the Anaheim game was the most shots he's faced all season. To be honest, because that one, I think he he faced thirty eight. He made thirty five saves. Yeah, that was the one called. where, that's the one where he made a lot of saves. But like three nights earlier, when he was in goal for the loss in San Jose, I think he made seventeen saves on nineteen shots because that's what San Jose can do. And right. he let in t- and he let in two. That like, what are you gonna do? But at the same time, it was like. It's not like there was a lot of traffic coming his way. So the save percentage doesn't look any better. You know, like he's still getting there, but he's had, as far as I'm concerned, even that San Jose game, he's been better in the last handful of starts that he's made. Absolutely. Obviously, look, Carter Hart, you can, you can only say so much before you, you know, you get to the point where Carter Hart's gotten, that, like, here's the way I feel about Carter Hart he's got an unfortunate record because Mm -hmm. the record is not reflective of some of the play that he's had in certain situations, especially some of like, he was like, he was in goal in Vegas. They're right there with it. It's two to one. You've given up one goal in 53, 50 or 52, 53 minutes of gameplay. And then they come back, they score two, they get the win. You end up with a loss regulation loss. No less. You're playing Carolina, same deal. You know, you've got two saves, you know, two or two saves, two goals against you for the whole game until there's five minutes left. Then they score one and you take the loss in regulation and as much as those are perfect rebuilding losses right you know he wants to win those games because he's a competitor of and the, and and this is how the locker room has been so you've got to you've got to factor that in and that's that's probably the biggest area of conversation lately is because obviously they're winning games you just you even mentioned it right off the top at the given moment that most people are listening to this, I mean, if you're listening to it beyond the Sunday night slate of games, right, it's subject to change for the next couple of days. But as we as we speak recording this, they're second place in the Metropolitan Division. Now, who had that at any well nearing the quarter mark? Right. Well, let's
0: let's get into that real quick because there is. Uh, An article on Sportsnet, it is from Mike Johnston from 2021. So it's a couple years old and it's looking a little bit of an older sample size. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, basically the five years after the last work stoppage. So from 2013-14 to 17-18. Okay. 80 teams made the playoff spot. 80 teams made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. 62 of those teams were in playoff spots on Thanksgiving.
1: 77.5%. Right and now, there's an element of this where because I agree with you wholeheartedly on a lot of this because that is like that's the first marker. There's no question about that, and certainly there are teams like there are teams that are going to continue that trend because they've firmly established themselves beyond the point. Right, like if I go and I look at the if I go to look from who's at the top of divisions to the wild card points, which. Is, it's not it, its not even that huge of a gap, but I think that the New York Rangers five-point gap, as we speak right now, and the Bruins eight-point gap to the – well, and it's probably actually – yeah, it's a little bit more. It's one more because you got to go to the first team out realistically. Right. So it's six and nine for those teams, and well, it's like I think that the Rangers and the Bruins are going to safely continue that trend, but I look at everybody else and I go, it's close. Like, yeah. if you're there today, you might not be there tomorrow. Like – of who is it, and who is it in the West, for that matter? Like, like do you? Okay, this is a perfect example. Who the last two teams that would be in the playoffs in the West right now, as we're recording this, and I'm not checking the scores of other games to try to figure this right, out. Right, later. right,
0: no, absolutely not. But
1: at the moment, are Anaheim and Arizona? They could both miss the playoffs as easily as they could make it because they're there at the moment. You yeah. know, it's like right, and, lot
0: and it is an average of about three teams a year fall out. So the Flyers could very well be one of those teams, but statistically speaking, if Seattle and or if Anaheim and Arizona are two of them, right, right, and 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 listen, here's what I'm saying. Realistically, I still think the Flyers are probably not a playoff team. They're probably still in rebuild, you know, rebuild central. But if Mm -hmm. you look, if you look towards the bottom of the league standings. They're starting to look like it's going to stay pretty crowded down there, right? San, well, Ho- San Jose ain't going yeah. anywhere. Chicago ain't going anywhere. Columbus ain't going anywhere. Edmonton, it, it, we assume they're going to turn it around to some degree. But what if they don't? What if they just ship this year and say, all right, well, we're, I guess we'll do it next year. Right? I don't same, see that. Yeah. Same with Nashville. Same with Minnesota. Same with Calgary. Montreal, we expect to be down there. That's a lot of bad teams. Now, and we've talked before about the fact that, you know, going on the winning streak early in the season doesn't do you a lot of good because all you do is accumulate useless points, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. But what if you just kind of stay there? Like, it's not impossible that they kind of just stay there because there are so many bad bad teams. And at this point in time, the Flyers are not as
1: bad as we thought they were sure and well here's and here's another factor to this okay there are four teams in the league right now boston vegas rain the rangers and vancouver that are sitting at 25 points or more to clear cut set the top four in the league right now
0: man la i feel feel great about that vancouver preseason pick i'm just saying i I hear you (laughs) should have bet that one holy
1: la dallas and florida all have twenty three points, so that's fifth, sixth, seventh, if you will. That's a pretty clear but, second tier. But I'm saying, yeah. like, hold on. But I'm starting at fifth, from twenty three points to seventeen points, just a six point gap. That's not much here. Right. I can go from fifth to twenty fourth. Yeah, it's tight across the board, Absolutely. and it's shuffling constantly. That's the hard part to kind of work through because it's shuffling so much.
0: And it's the kind of season where if carter somebody you hart...
1: don't well it's where somebody you don't expect to make it makes it well and if carter hart gets healthy
0: he's gonna win you a lot of hockey games we've talked about this a lot and we know that if he's playing well and the team is winning john tortorello gonna run him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the point where we're gonna complain about it but he's gonna run him and no kid. yeah hopefully when he doesn't say uh Sam Erson plays well. If Felix Anderson needs to come up, he can play well. If Cal Peterson needs to come up, he can play well. If whoever, 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 right, um, might be a little early here, but are we starting to get twenty ten vibes?
1: Um. Well, you're early for sure. Okay. Okay. And we
0: and there's not and there's not a Chris Pronger on this team. Let me clarify. No, there's not. No, there's there not. Absolutely not. But you know what? For today's NHL. Okay. Chris Pronger, that year, probably still a top-ten defenseman in the league. Is that fair to say?
1: hmm
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Could Travis Sanheim be a top-ten defenseman in the NHL this year?
1: I mean, the, the start that he's had and gives that potential, the, the, the issue that you're going to have here is— And I know they're not the same type of defenseman. Well, th- it's not even that. It's the issue you're going to have is— Travis Sanheim does not have the track record that Chris Pronger did to be established in that, in that tier. And similarly, I think that like the flyers of that, that era of that moment, I'm, I, and I'm yes, I'm choosing the word era very specifically there. Um, It it has nothing to do with the fact that it's plastered all over the place around this (laughs) building. Right. Um, As I like gave the little quick scan for all those people on YouTube. yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about a team that at that time, had budding stars in, in Mike Richards and Jeff Carter had Danny Briere, who was Mr. Playoffs had Simone Gagne with a track record had, you know, like their former had, had had Claude Giroux on the up and coming group as well. Okay. So you're, you're just making my point for
0: me. Okay. You ready? Why? Because you're going to go off of the air ages. No, I'm going to go off of just comparisons here. Okay. Mike Richards, Sean Couturier. Okay
1: okay i don't know about that one but okay what is sean couturier better what's your argument that that i well i'm i was thinking more that you were going to compare similar type players not you know
0: Uh, listen but the game has changed so much since 2010 it has changed yes so 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 much since 2010 it has a an elite first line center mike richards sean couturier
1: I, I suppose, I mean, here's okay. the, well, the, the problem, like the problem is, is I feel like that, and, and, and maybe it's perception. Maybe it's because, at, you know, let's, let's be real in, in 2010, it was still the flyers. The reputation was still the broad street. Bullies, much, yeah. No, no, it was it was much higher. Right, they they were much as. more highly regarded. So I think those players were more highly regarded. Like right now, I don't think people look at Sean Couturier back for the first time in nearly two years okay. and say, and say, like selkie winner and all that. I don't think people go there. And and he, and he no. And he's he's the like the closest thing they have to that level. Like people don't even like. I'm going to tell you right now, truthfully, people will not even say that about you. Got a guy. I'm right now. I'm bringing him up so we can get back to the Saturday or the Sunday game a little bit here. People won't say that about Travis Konechny, despite the fact that he scored his 11th goal of the season in game 18. That that's Simone Gagne, by the way. A little.
0: Um, okay, Danny Brière is easy. Cam Atkinson. See, I well, yeah, Cla- I, I, Cla- Claude Giroux is easy. Owen Tippett, come on. You're not saying that just because they're both gingers, are you? With wicked power play shots, I absolutely am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go. A I mean, look, at I'm here.
1: I'm not trying to go too far ahead in this. I don't want to make comparisons for every player on the 2022 tw- or 2023, 24 Flyers. Okay. Uh, to the 2010 Flyers here. That's a little much. Because that but- roster,
0: that roster, from various points in the season, did also have Aaron Asham, Dan Carcillo... Oh gee, Blair, I, Betts, Darryl, Powell.
1: gee, I wonder who all those guys are. So exactly. so, Aaron, so Aaron Asham. No, I can't even do that. Ar- We're do not Aaron even
0: Asham. going one for one. No, they're, no, they're, no, 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 yeah. no,
1: no, 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 no. Just hold. Just hear me out. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because I was going to sit and say Aaron Asham had more scoring touch in that in that season than Nick Deloria has. So I can't put. I can't do that. Maybe Carcillo. Then I was going to say Blair Betts is easy. I think Blair <laughs> Betts is. I think Blair Betts and Garnet Hathaway belong in the same sentence. Absolutely. So who's so who's like who's the star of the game from uh Sunday? Who's Ryan Paling?
0: Uh Ryan Paling. I'm looking through this roster here. Ryan Poehling. Maybe Ryan Paling's Daryl Pow. Billy Lano.
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Guy who can me, skate pretty well. Yeah. Give me
0: some Villy Lano. Yep. Well,
1: I'm not and I don't want to play this game anymore. Because
0: <laughs> you we're know I'm too, right?
1: No, because we're getting too far <laughs> off ground.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Going down a road I don't want to go down on November 19th. <sighs>
0: okay, listen, I'm just saying. That uh, team was the seven seed.
1: Let's I, – well, I know. Okay. And and, and, okay. That's, and that's exactly what they want everybody to feel about stuff like that is that you have a shot. I mean we just watched it with Florida too. I know. Um, and, you know when
0: but-
1: – if and when this happens,
0: listener, viewer, whatever you're doing, watching on YouTube, <laughs> sp- subscribe to the YouTube channel by the way. Remember that I said it first. Okay? Thank you. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, but either way, that is part of the cool part of the equation, right? Sure. That you're getting that you're getting, like as I'm as I'm going through, like I'm I'm talking about Ryan Paling having a three point game. Who had that on their radar when when you know? And and I and like we were talking when we were talking to John Tortorella after the game was over, he made a good point because one of the things he likes about him is he bet on himself. I'm gonna sign a I'm gonna sign a one year contract to you know to see what happens, and he's a fit. He's been a fit. And, he, and it doesn't mean he's played every night either. That's the other part of it. Right. No, and he's
0: looked great when he's been in the lineup. And from all reports, it seems like he's had a great uh, attitude about it when he hasn't. So it is great to see. And it's the kind of guy that is a valuable, valuable piece.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Do we want, do we want to start to get to the week ahead so we can... Get closer to putting a bonus. By the yeah. way, I feel like I feel like we should also mention. I don't want to have a big conversation about this again because okay. we've already we've already been down this road before. But I was on my way down to the center on Sunday. Once I got here, I found out the lineup changes that were in place. And yet, look, they right. get Bobby Brink back into the lineup, and that's a good thing because you want to see Bobby Brink. But it was Morgan Frost again, which only furthers the point of. It, like that it is like, I, and I don't want to use the words. It's personal, but you can tell that there's like, it not, feel, it feels like there's
0: a disconnect there.
1: It yeah. feels like, well, it feels like we're on the road to one result and one result only get him out of town. Yeah. Well, because how one long are the other? Well, how long is the player going to put up with being the only guy who seems to get scratched? Yeah. You know? And you can't blame them for it. Absolutely.
0: And honestly, Morgan Frost is the ideal change of scenery guy he's the Probably, ideal yeah. change of scenery guy and it's a shame to say but yeah right uh, i mean
1: like like to like because and that's the thing like to, to towards his credit he had every reason like i i was waiting for the mark stall insertion because he was cleared it didn't happen over the weekend he actually sat him for two games like i'm not changing a the decor they're winning I'm i was saying you're,
0: you're and you're not changing it now on a five gamer
1: well i i'll wait and see i'll wait and see on what happens with that because You never know, especially with like four or with four, with two days off before your next game. But But speaking of that, next game, well, if right, one more more thing really, because the other thing that came out on Sunday was Felix Sandstrom on waivers, the long awaited kind of what's the follow up to he's not one of the two guys that you're rolling with. That'll be the Monday news drop we always talk about. Obviously, we're waiting for two o'clock. Right to find out whether he clears and I, I think he will personally just because he's he's coming off of it he's can't, coming off an injury he hasn't really played this year when he you know he you know I, I just don't I and now I think you've waited a long enough period of time that I think that there's the hype not really kind take, of died off well there's not I don't think there's as many takers so I would leave it at that but you get the Absolutely. point so all right looking ahead let's yeah, go Yeah, and,
0: and we'll see and if he does make it to Le- through to Lehigh Valley I think he will it will be excellent for him to get some playing time there. Well, he needs
1: to play, so that's yeah, why. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: looking ahead, uh, the NHL did the Flyers a favor. They don't have to go very far from home this week for Thanksgiving. Uh, you're playing the Islanders, the Rangers, and then the Islanders again. They've done um, this a lot,
1: by the way. They, like The Islanders is a common trip over this weekend. And then the Rangers and- almost always come in for the Black Friday game. Um it's it been a, few, like a it's yeah. been a few different teams but yes it it does feel like a lot. The interesting part is and we've kind of talked about this or we hinted at it a little bit already but so one of those teams that's not you know kind of getting closer toward the bottom as we the, get closer the Rangers to the bottom
0: are struggling.
1: No, the Islanders. You or maybe. The Islanders
0: are struggling. The, Ra- yes, I say the, Ra- the Rangers are leading the division. No, they're a great I team. Saying,
1: the Rangers are the team that you're going to yeah. look forward to watching this team against like Vegas because that's, you want to see can they pass the test.
0: That is a barometer game for sure.
1: Right. The um, But but that's the thing. So what does that make the Islanders games? Uh, You yeah, know, yeah, the Islanders games start to fall into a territory of they're not now. Not exactly. But they fall into a territory of you gonna say trap game. Well, the Columbus kind of games. I oh, mean, Columbus was, was
0: absolutely a trap game.
1: Well, right. But, like, I wouldn't have – you know what, though? I don't want to call it a trap game because when they played Buffalo twice in the same week as, as a home-and-home, home, I didn't think that was a trap. No, they, no. To be, to be honest, at the time they played Buffalo, it was kind of level playing field. They were both around the same spot in the standings, honestly, at that time because we're going back almost three weeks at this point. So, yeah, at that time – that wasn't really anything that was a trap. That was just two teams that kind of were even. And they actually, you know, the Flyers actually outplayed them both games. They lost one of them because luck was clearly not on their side. And the other one they won. Right. So it is what it is. I'm curious to see how this goes. Obviously, the, the unique part of this is that it's not a home and home. It's a two games. It's one on the road on one side of the holiday, one on the other side. Right. And obviously like obviously we'll talk again and do another show before we get to the following week's worth of games so we don't need to go much further than that right of but, course. but you've but that's what I'm saying like you've got because of where they are, you've got two games that are uniquely kind of positioned to be potential winnable games if you play your style and then oh, you've certainly. got that big and then you've got that barometer in the middle
0: that barometer game is going to be enormous and the New York Rangers we've talked about it are a fantastic team and i think the Flyers at this point in the season have earned the respect that you're probably
1: going to see a starting goaltender um it's depending it's a, on who's around and who's healthy too i mean like they've had uh, they i mean they've had some issues i think i think it's close but they it, there's a lot of day-to-day stuff going on with them so
0: and that is a uh, a, pr- a premium matchup it's going to be on NHL network it is at 1 p.m. eastern uh it's your black friday game they do it you know pre- Flyers play in that pretty much every year
1: it's, as, a, mar- as it's a marquee the, game well, as the next home game because obviously they play they play the islanders on the road first on on wednesday then they get this one as the next home game and i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to jump the gun with like oh people are going to start coming out in droves to watch this team for just, but, gonna, I was just well, gonna, bring that up. Here's because well, here's the catch: we already know what happens when the Rangers play in town. Like, are you are you it, nervous? No, I think it's going to be much more of an even crowd. I agree. Like, I, like, I don't think, like, um, I, like, you're, are you going to have Rangers fans here? Of course you are. Are you going to have more fly, no, Are you going to have more Flyers fans maybe this time around? I think potentially. It's a
0: game that if it was being played in the Spectrum, we'd have fights. There's going to be a lot of Rangers fans. We're going to have a lot of Flyers fans. It's right. the day after a holiday.
1: I'm, I, like Genuinely, because like, if the season was going the way that I probably thought it was going to go, we were looking at probably another... Like, oh, another 70, Rangers home 70, game. Well, 70-30 Ranger, yeah.
0: Yeah, This is, now, this is now cheap I'm, Madison Square Garden.
1: Now I'm yeah. honestly hoping 50-50 like, better be where the bar is set, and you kind <sighs> of like 60-40 flyers would be nice.
0: I want I want the Let's Go Rangers chance to be booed down. Like that we did not get that in the last game. They were loud yeah. and clear the entire game.
1: That's because by the time all that happened Of course. It was, of
0: oh, course. it was it was over, you know. And that was absolutely acceptable at the time? Sure. But given where your team is right now, oh, you got to be there, dog. Yep. If you have season tickets, go. You have the responsibility to go. If you sold them in the preseason to your Rangers
1: fan, take them back. (laughs) But it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting game though. Like it really is because you've got like, that's the situation you're in in terms of, you know, you very well could be coming into that game with, you know, now you're, you're at five, you're going to go for six against a team that you could beat with the, in the Islanders. Is that where you're going to be? And even if you're not, I don't care if you're not, because, Five of the last six is still going to be really good.
0: You've you've proven yourself to me at this point that I'm. I will not be surprised if this team loses. You know, thirty of their next fifty games. Right. But I also, at this point, will not be surprised if they win thirty of their next fifty. I'm also games like, personally. well,
1: and I, I'm not going to put put it past this team at this point to still have, like, the injury that that kind of derails some things with the lineup or whatever sure. to, the, to the key guy. That was the other factor that I had factored in, like, when I was talking about where I thought they would finish because it's, yeah, the one part of the equation is the defensemen are playing better than I would have thought would happen. The other Absolutely. part of the equation is that no one's gotten hurt for a long period of time. Yeah, Sean Couturier missed a couple of games. Yeah, Carter Hart missed really only three games I think it was within with injury. The other two were illness. Illness, yeah. And you still found a way to make that work. I mean who else have you what because uh, am I gonna throw because I'm gonna throw Rasmus Ristolainen in and Mark Stall in? Stahl I stall no, yeah, stall good things. Well Stahl I'm gonna take or leave because Stahl was supposed to always be kind of a rotational piece. A and I don't know. Guy, if it, right. well, and I well, and I don't know if he was ever going to be because yes he's like Torts loves him so who knows but i'm sure like and would be playing right that's not a deliberate hold the guy out of the lineup kind of thing like he would have he, i don't know how much like i don't know i i don't want to speak for how much of a difference he would make from what they've gotten because we don't really know but i on paper it would have made a difference in perception absolutely it has, it has to you right now you look at your team on paper right now you're bottom pairing defensively with Zamul and Louis Belpedio and you know I, what They've I think if you, yeah, I know, but I think if you if you slot it in Rasmus the line and that gives you a little bit more credibility on paper.
0: Fair enough, and you know we may see that at some point soon,
1: but uh, as of right now, we kind of have what we have, um, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, I, the, yeah, you've, the cool the, the one thing to watch for in the next week also is that you've got because of those two days like without a game anyway. That puts the Islander game on the table for all of this, especially with stall being cleared. It puts the Ranger game on the table. It put, you know, obviously the second Islander game comes into play too. Like this whole week has the potential for guys to kind of be in and out a little bit and we'll see what happens. But certainly there's a lot of guys that are earning a lot of ice time and a lot of respect and a lot of the belief of the coach and all of that. Like, you know. It is what, like, that is what it is. Like, you can't, yeah. you kind of can't deny, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, you know what happens when a team has won a few games in a row. Sure. That locker room was vibing.
0: Yeah, and a term you hear in football a lot is that a team is playing for each other. Right. This team is playing for each other. You can tell guys are out there putting team efforts together. They are buying into the system. Yeah, they are playing John Tortorella hockey for better or for worse. And right now, it's for better. And when you yeah. have a when you have a good goalie, John Tortorella hockey is going to go your way. And so far, they've had some pretty good some pretty good goalies. Definitely. And uh, we will see if that continues throughout the week. And we will all hope to be thankful for it on Thanksgiving here on Thursday so uh, we did want to take a second here and extend some holiday wishes from the you would think family to your family. Uh, we are heading towards the end of the show here so make sure to follow us on the social media at YWT podcast uh, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso pretty much everywhere including on Instagram for those mm-hmm. post game pre- for those post game uh, updates and find the show everywhere you find your podcast including sports So uh,
1: Kevin, I think that'll do it. Uh, yeah. how how is the show live from the farg? Interesting, especially when it's like as well especially because the building's pretty much completely empty. I might be I might end up being one of the last ones here tonight because of this. So All we'll right, see how well, but, so I'm going to try to get I'm going to get out of here so I can go home and get ready say. for the week ahead. So We'll let you get out of here, and uh, we will be back with the show next week, right?
0: We're not taking a week off, are we? No, No, no. we'll be back next week. Oh, yeah, we will be back next week. All right, then. Uh, We will be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, we'll see ya.